Welcome to another episode of What's the Scuttlebutt? I'm your host, Izzy LaRue, and I have my co-host, Aaron Odora, with me today. And today we have a guest, U of O thrower, Derek Aiki. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. We're good. Thanks for being on. Um, so let's just get started. Um, so what have you been doing in quarantine? I've, I've been doing a lot of lifting. Um, I've got a little home gym set up here in Eugene. Um, doing a, a little bit of throwing now uh, and a lot of running, just trying to stay pretty active and stay ready for um, the summer training to pick up. We kind of our training kind of goes in cycles, so I'm just trying to get uh, as prepared as possible for the next cycle given the circumstances. So, um, what does that home gym entail? Like, do you guys have weights or anything? Or are you guys making your own stuff? Yeah, a little bit of both. I've got a legit barbell. And then I've got um, two legit plates, and then I've got uh, four 42-pound tires. And then my teammate actually just dropped off some concrete plates from yesterday. He made some. Uh, he made some plates. So I've got now two 66-pound uh, plates, the 30 kilos, and then two more 25-pound plates. So we've got up to everything we need. We've got over um, over 500 pounds and stuff now. Um, so there's there's nothing we'll do that'll kind of max out the gym anymore because we were getting we were pretty maxed out for a little bit. So it's really just a barbell, um, barbell and plates, but that's really all our training needs right now. So how is it training with tires? Do you um, flip it or do you use it um, as weights too for the bar? No, I, I really just use it as, as weights. Uh, I used to have some big tractor tires back home that I'd use to flip. These aren't really heavy enough for that. Um, so, you know, a standard barbell plate is 45 pounds. So at 42, it's pretty close and they're pretty close in size. So it's working pretty well it makes some stuff pretty challenging because they can get kind of off balance and it's definitely a different dynamic um, as far as just loading, especially when the plates can move a little bit. Um, it definitely forces you to be a little bit more stable and um, be kind of prepared for it. Have you ever had an incident where you kind of tip over and the tire falls off yet? Um, a little bit when we started, it took some, um, some trial and error to get it to work right and then we figured out kind of how to do it um i was squatting last week and uh we had a we had a max out day uh and i had 477 on the bar in a back squat and got stuck um and then i just we like kind of held ourselves there and i had a, I had a teammate with me so he kind of got my arms out from under and then just let it slide down my back but it was um uh, it's kind of so much weight on that bar and so weird it kind of broke the bar oh. so the knurling doesn't really um like one of the caps kind of falls off at the end now but uh, we just have to be careful with it oh yeah <laughs> so um how was it having your track season and when it was just getting started man it was it was brutal so um i uh, i'm an indoor and an outdoor thrower but i'm mainly an outdoor thrower uh i throw the weight indoors it's 35 pounds on a little chain uh, and you spin around and throw that. But outdoors, I just throw the discus. And I, I was recruited to throw a discus, and that's what I love doing. Um, so we were – our travel roster hadn't quite come out for our spring break trip, but we were supposed to go to San Diego to the Olympic training center um, for a 10-day training trip and then opening opening track meet. And we were three days out from that, um, and we were supposed to get our travel roster kind of the next day because not the whole team goes. Um, so I was excited waiting for that to see if I'd be on that. And it was, it was right on the fence. And then, um, uh, we get a, 
we get a text from our director of ops that everyone at national championships indoors who's currently there um, just that the meet was canceled. Uh, so there'd be one of my teammates, several of my teammates actually were just warming up uh, in starting blocks and stuff, getting ready to compete. And they had uh, indoor natties. They had a, a thing go up on the scoreboard that says um, just meet is canceled. And then so everyone had to clear the facility, get back on a plane and go home like minutes before they were supposed to start. Oh, wow. Yeah. that. But, I mean, it was, it was a lot to take in at once. Um, I was, uh, it was, I remember it, it was a Thursday because um, we were going to find out on a Friday and, you know, we still had ROTC lab. So I kind of had to keep it together there. But um, honestly, as soon as I got, as, as soon as we got back into um, the house there, I was, I was pretty much in tears um, and pretty much, the big thing was for me was for our seniors. Um, for me, I'm um, a sophomore, about to be a junior, and I redshirted last year, so I've, I've kind of done this before, and it's it's it was frustrating, but I wasn't kind of ready for the kind of texts and calls I was getting for teammates, um, just bawling, thinking their their entire careers were over, um, that they never got to kind of say goodbye to the sport. Um, so that was the hardest part of everything. It was so much emotion going through at the one time. Yeah, no, definitely. Do you know, because um, didn't everyone get um, an extra year of eligibility that were spring athletes? Yeah, uh, I, be I believe winter as well. Um, so I baseball gets their eligibility back, even though they played some games. Lacrosse does, since they were playing some. But all spring for sure do. The hard part was different conferences and different schools. So that um, – schools can individually overrule that. So um, I heard Taylor Williams say on, on the podcast yesterday that she, that scholarship athletes were, um, had their scholarships cut. And that's, that's not really what happened. Um, the kind of real situation is they're having trouble finding funding um, to, cause they wanted to be able to, Oregon wanted to be able to follow the NCAA's decision to allow seniors to come back. But now that's, that's a whole lot of new scholarship money they have to find. Yeah. Um, so in order to find that scholarship money for the next year, what they chose to do was not fund summer school this year. And then as, as a means to fund the seniors coming back next year for the year um, and the increased oh, okay. roster sizes. So that's all it is. Everyone's no one's scholarships got taken away. It's just, you can't take summer classes this quarter and have it paid for um, by Oregon. So that's, that's the only change. Do you know, um, of any athletes that want to come back next season on the track team? Yeah, I'm actually super stoked. Um, you know, one of, one of the guys, two of the guys I'm, I'm really closest to, uh, especially one of them, have both said they're coming back. Uh, and then there's another, um, another one of our girls is coming back on the throw side. I'm not really sure what's going on with the sprints, but I think the three who we were, um, the three seniors who we weren't really sure about I think we had six seniors this year and I think three of them are coming back. Um, but it's, it's hard for others. Others were just um, had good jobs that they'd already had set up um, and just different situations where they, it, it didn't make sense for them to come back. And um, that's, that's the hardest for them. Uh, it was really, really fortunate that it worked out for these guys. Uh, as, so as, as far as scholarships for next year, uh, for returners, Oregon is one of kind of few schools right now that's allowing returners uh, to be under scholarship. There's some schools that have said and some conferences that you can come back, but you can't, but you'll have to be a walk on just because schools can't fund it. Um, and then like Minnesota, for example, has said seniors can't even come back uh, as walk ons because they can't afford 
the extra travel roster sizes because there's there's so much money that goes into having a student athlete as far as meals, um, snacks, training, uh, travel, all of that. And it just, it was too much for them, even if for walk-ons. So what do you think would happen if the college football season would be canceled? Seeing as that's what schools mainly get their sports revenue from. Yeah. So it's, it's hard. I work very closely with um, the athletic department here. I'm on, um, it's called our student athlete activism committee. Um, so I, I have meetings with our, with several other student athletes and our um, one of the athletic directors almost weekly. Um, we talk about that quite a bit. Um, you know, kind of long story short, it'd be very bad. Um, it would, it would hurt the Oregon athletic program and every athletic program for the long term. It wouldn't just affect this year. I, from, from these meetings, I know they're, I don't think it'll come to that. Um, they're doing everything they can to make sure that we can have a, uh, a football season. Um, but they're obviously trying to do it as safely as possible. So all of these administrators are in meetings um, literally all the time, just trying to make sure they um, can, can be prepared for this fall. Um, but, but the other thing is our budget, our annual budget kind of counts on football having full ticket sales revenue and full number of games. Um, so they're, they're just trying to money manage right now and, and make sure uh, every other program can kind of stick around and still be able to thrive uh, under the different potential options. But we're just not sure what that's going to be yet. For the football question, I think <clears throat> I agree with you because it seems like even on the news, a lot of the SEC schools are also saying like, even if anyone cancels, there's no way in hell they're canceling. So I don't think anyone is going to cancel. I think they'll go no fans before they even think about canceling football. I, I agree. Um, and just from talking to some of the other teams, coaches here, coaches are prepared to do anything to play games. Um, one of our coaches here has said uh, pretty, pretty openly with the staff and their, uh, their athletes, we don't know what the schedule is going to say, but be ready to play anyone. Cause we're going to play anyone that'll play us. Um, and he, he kind of wants that for his athletes, for the fans, uh, for his team. And that's what I think all coaches are going to be pushing for um i got word this morning that the football team is coming back uh the week before classes end here so it's a really good time a really good sign um for the upcoming future of of this summer at least oregon is being prepared to uh kind of move forward under some um I, I think i believe it'll be voluntary workouts but they're gonna do their best to uh, kind of keep distance and stay as safe as possible while still being, being able to prepare as well as possible for the fall. So what were you looking forward to most um, for the current track season before it was canceled? Yeah, sure. Um, so it, um, I'm, I'm from a small town in Florida and I'd been dreaming my whole life of coming to, since I started track, I started track when I was nine years old, um, 19, almost 20 now. And just from the start, Oregon track is like kind of Alabama to football. It's, it's kind of before you really know um, what's up. It's, that's always been the dream and it's, it's the dream for most uh, track kids. So just being able to have it work out. So I was able to come here um, was such a dream. And I've been waiting for that, that time for so long now. Last year was really hard. I had two knee surgeries, uh, struggled to rehab uh, for most of the year. 
uh, had to look at medical retirement, all of this is really, really hard, stressful stuff. And then to finally make it through it and be ready to open up outdoors and be a week away. Um, it just, it kind of stung a little bit, but the thing is, I, I know I still have three years here. Um, so it's, it, it could be worse. I've waited long enough. I can wait another year. So how was it, um, recovering from those two knee surgeries and rehab? And it was, it was brutal coming in as a freshman and doing that. So I graduated a year early from high school in order to, uh, well, first I was, I was going to go to West Point. I'd committed, accepted an offer there, um, but I was waiting on medical waivers. And then during the medical waiver process, I, I started getting recruited by uh, the coach here. And um, after a visit, I decided this was the right place for me. So um, just having all the excitement of feeling like I'm starting to fulfill that dream and then kind of having it put on hold. My very first practice here, we had some conditioning when I got here. Uh, but three days before our first conditioning practice, I got in a motorcycle accident and um, messed up my shoulder pretty bad. So back home in Florida, um, I got out of the, uh, the hospital that night and just I was still able to come up here on time. Uh, I was just I was I couldn't have much range of motion in my shoulder, um, but kind of right off the way, I was a little I was a little hurt. I had a right knee surgery that summer coming in. And then our first real practice, I retore that right knee surgery. Um, kind of scar tissue and then had to have a more major knee surgery there. Um, so that one was pretty optimistic. I have a great training staff here, the best doctors, best trainers. And um, I was told I'd be kind of back in eight weeks. So in, in my head, it's like, all right, seven more weeks, six more weeks, I'll be back. And then it was pretty crushing when that eight weeks came and I'm still barely off crutches, barely able to, um, to kind of function, much less to be a normal athlete again. And it was hard. I had so many setbacks. Uh, I retore stitches, I think three times, um, because they had to go in and suture my, uh, my meniscus instead of just scrape some of it out like they did before. Um, and I retore it in rehab and that was the hardest thing. Um, my, my second day on a treadmill running, uh, was going great. And then I just had a fat pop and then just kind of knew right then, um, what it was. So that part ended up taking me probably eight or nine months to get completely healthy uh, where it should have been a two month recovery, maybe three months. So it was just every time was pretty hard. And then also coming in and I had a lot of issues with my team um, and nothing on their part, but just as far as after practice stuff, when teammates wanted to hang out um, a lot of weekends, we have a really hard training week, but I'll hang out at someone's house and they'd all want me to come out. Um, and I just didn't feel like I, I belonged at all. So I would, I would just kind of stay in the dorm. I didn't feel like I had been through all the same stuff they did as far as, um, the really hard training and the hard workouts they were able to get through. And I just kind of had to stay in the training room and do rehab. Um, so that part was just as hard as the physical. So what was your mentality through all of that? Like, what were you thinking doing all that rehab? And I was, I was struggling. Uh, really, really bad mental health wise, just not knowing if I made the right decision, if um, if I was ever going to get back and a battle between days where I was like, yeah, of course, I'm going to get back. I'm going to be, um, you know, top, top of the pack 12. I'm going to be a, a leader on the team and all this. And then some days where I'm like, I, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to walk without pain again. So it was hard. It was really hard um, dealing with that whole time. And it just, it really lasted until the fall term was the worst. And then 
throughout winter and spring, I, I made some more friends, started getting involved in other stuff outside of track, um, the school issues, uh, a kind of religious group here. And I just kind of learned everything Oregon had to offer for us. And I made it, it made life a lot better just because I wasn't always thinking about track and being hurt. So what would you tell your um, freshman self knowing that all you've been through? And I would just, just tell them to stay positive and that this stuff doesn't last forever. And the thing is, the other thing that helped me with is my kind of whole identity was in track, but it would, it would kind of help me remind myself there's just, there's more to life for me than track. And I didn't come here just for track. I came here to um, kind of get my degree, um, be the best cadet in ROTC possible, be, um, be my best self around the people I'm going to meet and make connections for the rest of my life. And that track is a really cool, fun part of it, but it's not everything here. How far did you throw in high school? Um, so my junior year, so I didn't have a senior year. I threw the, the disc 180, 181 feet. Um, and that's a 1.6 kilo disc. We move up to the two kilo in high school. All right, I mean, in college. So how excited is the track team for the new remodeled uh, Hayward Field? Oh, it's, it's unreal. Every day getting to see some new stuff. So we got to go in there as a team several months ago while it was all under heavy construction. Uh, like we went under there in hard hats while the, while the whole center was dirt and while there was no seats and all that. Um, and got to talk to the construction crew a little bit. Um, so that was really cool at the time. And then just getting to see all the updates, the pictures getting posted online and having our coaches talk about it. There's, there's degrees of detail they want to give us to get us excited. And then others that they, they really want to save for us all being back. So it's pretty much, it's pretty much entirely done. Uh, as, as most people can see outside, it's a lot of cosmetic stuff right now, but structurally everything's done. Um, inside there, I think they're just kind of cleaning up a little bit now and coaches should start moving in equipment in the next maybe week or two. Um, so it's, it's very quickly, um, coming along. I'm not sure what they're going to do yet as far as if they open up facilities, if our coaches want us to train there, or if I, I had a conversation with a teammate about this yesterday, or if they want to wait for the whole team to be back, um, for us to kind of see it together. Um, when school opens back up since we're not required to be here over the summer. Um, so I'm not sure what that's going to be, but I, I think I'd, I'd be excited either way. I would, I'd be willing uh, and eager to kind of wait for my teammates to come back to see it too. Um, but selfishly, yeah, I want to see it now. Definitely. Yeah. Anyone would want to see that new field. Yeah. I've been, because I lived in the dorms right next to it. So I got to see all the construction and it, it kept me up all night. I, I'm and so I, sorry. So early <laughs> on, so it, was, it was supposed to be done for Pac-12 champs. And early on, they, were, they had uh, some hiccups and it was going a little bit slow. So they doubled the number of total people working at Hayward and quadrupled the man hours. So then oh. instead of working from like, I think it was like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., they had some kind of cutoff time because of the dorms. They, uh, the University of Oregon gave them permission to work until like 10 or 11 p.m. So that's why it was... It was pretty uh, rough <laughs> late and, and early in the morning. Yeah, I know. I would be going to um, physical training for ROTC. They would already be up and going. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then I would be going ready to go to sleep, and they're still going at it. So, 
No one feels bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how do you handle being in ROTC and being on the track team? Uh, it's, it honestly, it hasn't been easy. It's been, it's been really stressful um, trying to figure it out the last two years. I put in a lot of time on my own. Um, that's not something I, I kind of share too much. Um, but I, I realize I'm at kind of a disadvantage as far as um, having to miss stuff. You know, I'm never at PT. I, um, I'm at practice every morning. So I check in at PT, then go to either weights or practice or conditioning, whichever we have that morning. And that's, um, you know, that, that's one thing I'm missing. There's classes, meetings every now and again I have to miss. Um, so I spend a lot of time outside of class studying tactics, uh, army regulations, anything I think will help me and that I'm, I'm missing from, uh, from class itself. So it, it comes down to a lot of me putting in the time myself uh, to be able to make it work. So, you know, PTs three times a week for an hour. Is that an hour and a half, something like that? Yeah, yeah, and then, an hour and a half. So let's say that's, um, what is that, four and a half hours a week for PT, uh, an extra two hours for class, six and a half, two and a half hour lab. That's nine hours of ROTC per week in class. I'm probably putting in an extra two to three a week. And then, so track has, uh, as athletes, we have eight hours of mandatory tutoring a week. And then track, every sport has eight and uh, 20 hour weeks, depending on what time of the year in it you're in track is almost always in 20 hour weeks because we have the team split into cross country, indoor and outdoor track. So we can, there's, there's kind of a way around it for us. Um, so we're in, I've got 20 hours a week plus what ends up being closer to 30 uh, with rehab and meetings. Um, so that's already 38 hours plus the 12 for ROTC. I'm losing almost two days or a little over just from, um, purely ROTC stuff and in uh, track before I can even start school. Um, so it's it gets pretty tough. I've had to get really good at time management, um, but being able to to compartmentalize and um, be ready to handle a lot of organizational um, stress based stuff, I guess, is a lot of what um, life is as an army officer. So I think it's helped prepare me in that way in a in a way that other people aren't really going to see. So how do you juggle school, ROTC, and track I'm a besides big time management? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big planner. Um, the day before, I have to schedule out my entire day. Uh, we Track is one of few sports here at Oregon that we're in two days almost all year. Um, so we have, we have a weights or practice or conditioning in the morning from uh, 6.45 until roughly 8. And then um, – We'll have a team breakfast after, uh, and then I've usually got a few classes meeting. Uh, and then we have practice from 3 to 5. But practice 3 to 5 means show up about 2.30, start warming up, stretching, rehab, whatever you need. And then practice ending at 5 means hit some recovery after, hit a cool down, hit the tubs, uh, whatever you need, and you're out there by 6 or 6.30. Um, so it's a lot of long days. And then after that, when we're in season, we have meetings once a week after that. So I'll, I don't leave facilities until like eight thirty or so at night. And then I can start homework. So it's a lot about time management and being able to, uh, to not waste time and then using the weekends effectively. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what's your favorite part about ROTC and track? Um, I think uh, 
I, I don't know. It just, I think a big part of it for me is it really hasn't been done. Uh, one of the last guys to do it uh, between any sport was, um, I believe it was Bill Bowerman. Um, it was either Bowerman or Phil Knight with Nike. One of the two was in, uh, was in ROTC here and was also on the track team and then went on to serve in the 10th mountain division of world war II. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool uh, legacy uh, to be able to follow. And just that I got really lucky with a positional coach that is okay with me doing it. And there's really no other sport here that would, that would be able to do it with um, just kind of the way it works. The thing is for me, if I need to miss a practice, which I miss, I miss practice every Thursday afternoon for lab. Uh, and I make it up either before with my coach or on Wednesday afternoons, which is usually our, our day off or our afternoon off, I guess. And um, I make it up with him there. Um, so going with that. What was your question again there? Uh, what was your favorite part about favorite, favorite part, part about doing ROTC and track? Yeah, just, just that it, um, it, it's, it's really the kind of the, the life I wanted, um, when I was looking for, when I originally committed to West Point, being able to do, do both, uh, I was looking for a school when I reopened commitment that would let me do both. Um, my positional coach's father was, um, former army special forces. Uh, he was a weapons sergeant with, uh, with an ODA. And so he's been the, the coolest, most understanding guy about making this stuff work and um, wanting me to succeed outside track. So it's just, everything just worked out so well um, that it just, it makes me want to push you know, harder for both of them. So do you want to pursue a career in uh, track or do you want to, are you leaning more towards like the army? Yeah. So I originally wanted to, um, you know, I, want, I wanted to turn pro. Mm -hmm. I have dual citizenship with the Philippines. Um, so it was, it was a very good possibility there, but, um, and then when I kind of came to Oregon, I had, um, my original goal in talking to cadre, old cadre here at the time was I wanted to compete under the army's, uh, pro track teams under the world-class athlete program. So the thing Forrest Gump did playing ping pong for the army is like a legit thing. Okay. And they have <laughs> sport here now. Um, and they have, they do have a pro track team out of, um, out of Colorado and Colorado Springs. So it's, it was something I wanted before, but now I'm just kind of ready, I think, to kind of move on with my life. And um, I hope to commission as an infantry officer in the army and go active and all that. Um, and I'm just trying to enjoy this kind of chapter of my life that's gonna, that I'm kind of ready to, uh, to let close at the end of these five years here. Um, and I just kind of want to enjoy all of it, but then kind of have a life outside of it. One last question, Aiki. Uh, so what's your favorite part about being an Oregon student? It's, it's so, it's just so different from my life in Florida. Um, just the whole state of Oregon is so beautiful. Um, and this whole campus is um, so student-based. I feel like a faculty does a really good job, um, you know, taking care of this place and making it um, conducive to being as enjoyable as possible, I guess. It's got a little bit of a smaller student population than I'm used to. In the South, um, it's very common. I guess it's more uncommon to have a major school with less than 50,000 students. So Oregon's got, I think, 19,000 undergrad right now. And, uh, and it's just, 
everyone is that I've come into contact here is just taking such good care of me. And it's, it's really got the whole family out here, uh, especially under the, the different people I've got to meet and the different groups I'm a part of. Um, that's been the coolest experience for me. So do you follow, uh, do you follow like Olympic throwers? Like really, like, do you watch them really closely since you're a thrower or is it just, yeah, to some degree, um, everyone has a different style. So I kind of, I have a few of my guys that I try to take elements of their style from, but everyone's built differently and we just all have stuff that works for, um, for us. So some people are able to kind of try to mirror their style, but I know for me, it's just some, some things I do in my throw wouldn't work for someone else and I can't copy someone else's throw. So, um, so yeah, every once in a while, I was talking to a teammate about this yesterday. We'll both just at different points, just kind of sit down and watch, um, hours of a movement that takes maybe a second and, uh, and just kind of study what, what they do with their training uh, and all that. All right. You watch any other sports or? Uh, being here, I, I watch football. Um, my best friend's uh, one of the kickers here and I, I live with a uh, bunch of football players here in my house. So that's cool. Uh, I watch, I, I'm a big fan of supporting all the sports here, uh, especially women's sports. Me and uh, me and my friend Taylor's uh, one of the kickers um, really make an effort to be at all of the women's sports we can. Um, my, my girlfriend plays volleyball, so I'm at all those games. Um, but really all of them we can support, we try to go to, and we kind of hope everyone else does the same. All right, last question. Oh, go, go Aaron. <laughs> Is NASCAR a sport? <sighs> um, I mean, being from the South, I think, I think, yeah. But, uh, I think I'd have some friends that would kill me if I said otherwise, but I, I don't think so. I think if your your only job is turning left, <laughs> that's too much for it. All right, you passed. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for being on, Aiki, and thank you to everyone for listening to this episode. Make sure to catch next episode this Thursday.